Hello and welcome to the Law Firm Geek Podcast, where our goal is to uncover all things business of law. I'm John Jacobenko, Legal Administrator, Law Firm Consulting, and Adjunct Instructor for the Association of Legal Administrators. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to join us. On this episode, we sit with Brianna Tavalaria, an HR director of a large firm in Philadelphia, to uncover success in law firm leadership. What does it look like? How do we get there? And how do we sustain? Let's jump right in. All right. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of the Law Firm Geek Podcast. Um, We are going to jump right in here with Brianna. Brianna, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Yeah. So why don't you give me a little bit about your background and kind of, you know, if you can, how you got into legal and to where you are right now? Sure. Um, So I um, was, I guess, just finishing up high school, actually, and I had moved to um, an area where somebody I know was looking to replace her part-time employee. So I started as a part-time file clerk in the family law department of a law firm. Um, From there, I just, you know, I had an interest in the field and I was very organized and I created these notes and I then kind of became the support person for my office manager and um, then the reception coverage. I handled storage and, you know, all sorts of different things. And then from there, uh, they promoted me to full time. And they let the girl I was replacing, or I'm sorry, she was in school, so I wasn't really replacing her. I was only filling in for her. So after that year concluded, they let her go and made me full time. Um, And then I just began asking for secretarial tasks and overflow items, things like that. I really wanted to know everything I possibly could, and I wanted to do well at it. Um, I think, obviously, that (laughs) showed. And Um, From there, I was escalated into a floater type position. So I was working with lots of different departments, uh, lots of different attorneys and functions in the law firm. So I had a really good um, knowledge base and exposure. Uh, From there, I then worked heavily with one team, primarily in labor and employment. We then, as a team and department, moved to another law firm. I was there for a while. I took on a lot more um, HR and administrative roles, some paralegal tasks, again, a little bit of everything. Um, I then went to a a legal association conference where I met my now COO. And I guess we had just a few, again, like networking conversations. And I must have said or done something right because when there was an opening here, he had reached out to me and said, hey, why don't you come in for a chat? You know, not, not even an interview. Let's just chat. Um, that chat was almost four years ago. Um, so I came on as payroll and benefits. I decided I really liked the administrative part of the legal world. Um, I worked heavily with my HR director and then Following the pandemic, she retired and I was promoted to HR director uh, at the beginning of 2021. And that's where I'm at now. Wow. So it's a lot to unpack there, which we're going to get through as we go through the questions here I have for you. Um, But we worked together at that larger firm that that your team went to, and that's how we got to know each other. 
Um, and I've always been impressed of your ability to just keep taking more on and, and not really complaining about it. And I think that's <laughs> one of the keys to success in law firms. And we'll touch on that in a second. Um, but one thing I like to ask everyone uh, before we get into the fun questions is, well, it's, I guess it is a fun question. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, and, and that's interesting. So I really wanted to, I think, be involved in like the entertainment industry. You know, obviously as a kid, I'm singing on my karaoke machine. I was in dance and gymnastics and cheerleading. And, you know, I really liked um, the acting or, you know, something in entertainment. I loved watching E! News and all those gossip ch shows. So I thought maybe I'd be like a, rep a reporter of sorts. Um, but on the other hand, I was also very organized, like my entire life. I, you know, as a kid, even just organized my bookshelf and do things like that. So I did somehow envision myself as a secretary or in an office environment at times. But obviously, you know, major goals was entertainment. Um, yeah, no, and that that's pretty cool because you know you're, you you got to entertain people as an HR director, don't you? That's part of part of part of the role a little bit, right? Plan functions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, as I'm getting more into it, I mean, I'm on a website now, and you know, I I'm being interviewed, so this is somewhat um, in the media. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it's all full circle, right? And I am in that office environment, still very organized. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, what I heard, you know, when you're telling me about how your roles have kind of evolved over time, and this was true for myself, too. So I'm kind of jumping around here. But, you know, you kept taking on more. You kept saying yes. And that's one of the philosophies I've always had. And I've seen in successful people in leadership and law firms as they don't really say no. They just say yes and just keep taking more on. And I found it's almost like success begets success, kind of, right? You know, the more you take on, the more you're given, the more you're given, the more respect you get, the more, you know, and it just keeps going from there. Do you find that to be true with all the different roles you had? Um, I do. I, I think, again, it really, on the other side, it depends on who you're working with. You have to know um, what the needs are because, I've learned to actually say no and that that could be a good thing as well. While you want to take on more and more, it needs to be productive. It needs to um, be fruitful. If not, you're wasting everyone's time and um, learning what's worth it and what's not or what plays to your strengths or someone else's strengths or weaknesses and things like that. Um, that's helped me, but essentially, yeah, I mean, even if it ultimately has to be a no or I don't think that's best, it's still a learning experience. So I look at everything as let's get the knowledge. And even if we can't apply it here, we can maybe apply it there. Um, if we don't know it, let's learn it. And again, whether it makes sense or not, we won't know until we pursue it. So I do try to say yes. Um, but I haven't found like one thing that's steady. And I guess maybe that's what I like about it too, is that it's a constant game of figure it out, which of course can be stressful at times, but that's the beauty of it. It's never stale information. It's always being revamped um, and there's always something new to figure out. Yeah, there's definitely something new. Does that answer day. your question? Yeah, it does, <laughs> perfect. Okay. Um, so, you know, you, you've gone from file clerk to human resources. How, how did you kind of land on, you know, HR as kind of the path? Because you can kind of choose different paths starting off where you started um is it something you enjoy about the human resource aspect of it or what what led you to really kind of follow after that 
Um, yeah, I, I, again, I guess even that now that we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it a little bit more, human resources, although it's not entertainment, again, it, that reporting, that drive that I had, it's, it's all communication, right? I mean, media is getting communication to and from others. So HR, it's essentially that, you're communicating. A lot of HR issues that I've noticed, it's either um, lack of communication, too much communication or the wrong types of communication. And we kind of serve as mediators a lot of times. Um, So I love the people aspect of it and being able to help people, whether personally, professionally, whatever it is. I mean, we are that starting point for them most times. And um, it, it feels good knowing, again, that you're helping others or doing your best to help them be their best and do their best. Um, I think also there's a lot of, again, organization process and efficiencies in HR, um, which again, I think that's a strong suit of mine. Um, so I, I like the administrative and the, the people aspect of it. Um, I've done, again, a little bit of everything, like you said, file clerk. I actually did billing at one point. Um, I've done paralegal type assignments. And uh, where we were at, you know, I worked with two senior partners. And one thought I'd make a great paralegal. The other one was like, oh, I think, you know, you're more administrative in HR. You're good with people. You're patient. You know how to communicate well. You, you know, you care. I'm empathetic. I'm sympathetic and I'm relatable, or I try to be at least. Um, So again, when it all boiled down to me, I really wanted to stick with the HR aspect. Um, And I think knowing the other parts of the legal world helped me be a better HR leader. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. And I'm glad you chose HR because I agree with the person who said you should be doing the HR stuff. Um, (laughs) Law firms, what do you think? What, you know, they're very different from traditional companies. Um, what do you like about law firms? Um, well, first, it's really all I know. Again, I, I started pretty young in, in my law firm career. Um, so I don't have too much to compare to, um, you know, unless we're going back to like my China Max days and big carriage auction and all those little things you do uh, growing up. But Law firms specifically, again, there's always something new to be learned or to teach. Um, Again, the the laws are always changing. Departments are changing. The roles, the technology, everything behind it. It's just, um, it really just intrigues me, keeps me on my toes. Yeah, one thing I like about law firms is I feel like they're willing to take risks with people. You know, that, that was true for me. I was 26, actually, when I became an HR director. And, you know, similar type of story, I started off in different departments and worked my way up and it happened to where we lost one HR director and I kind of did an interim assignment and then we got another who then left and I said, hey, I can do this. And they were willing to take a shot, you know, and I've always Mm -hmm. seen that a lot of law firms are willing to do that more so than other companies have noticed. Um, And that's what I like about it. I think they're they're willing to take risks, calculated risks. Because in the end, they're attorneys. They're only going to do what's best for the client and for the firm. So I'd like to think I'm part of that structure. And that's what I like about law firms from my perspective. Yeah. And I I think law firms do a really good job also of trying to retain their culture. Um, Again, things evolve and change over time. But I think going to your point, again, the promotion from within and, you know, you're spending so much time with these individuals and um, 
helping them evolve into um, more senior positions. And I, I think that really does make uh, law firms unique. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, now, how large is the firm you're with now? How many attorneys? Uh, we have about 115 attorneys. Oh, right. Like so how, you know, so how would you say that differs from a smaller firm? Let's and let's just unpack where you were when we were together, kind of Jen's firm. If that was a firm in and of itself, how does that culture of a, a larger firm like that differ from a small, you know, more like a, a an office environment, you know, a small office environment? Um, so it is very different. I think the smaller firms I've been at have always been connected to a larger headquarters. So obviously I'm seeing the picture, but maybe not the full big picture of a small office. Um, but from my experience, um, a smaller firm provides more immediate collaboration um, and response across the teams because normally there's more constant contact within all functions and roles. So um, you also feel maybe more involved and invested because you're, you know, you're, you're the eyes and ears on the floor there. Um, so you're really touching every aspect. So you feel very connected to each aspect. Whereas a larger firm, again, there's, there's pros and cons of that. Um, at sometimes you can feel disconnected. You know, I have different, I have multiple floors here. We have um, multiple remote or satellite offices, whichever, however you want to consider them, we call them outer offices here. <laughs> um, so sometimes it could be disconnected, but um, at the same time, there's also sometimes more available. Like here, for instance, we have a mail room, we have a file room, we have food services, um, which is very different because again, at a smaller location, you are all of that yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. in a support function. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think they're very similar when, again, it boils down to there's processes and practices in place. And that's wherever you go. Yep. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully there, there are. And if not, you get someone good to create them. Well, how would you say your experience, okay, kind of the same thing, being in a satellite office, now you know what, what it feels like at the headquarters. Um, so sometimes, you know, that satellite office, I've noticed can feel, they always say the redheaded stepchild. I don't totally understand that other than I think, you know, they feel like they're forgotten. They're not always included. They're not always part of the big picture sometimes. At least they don't feel like it. Um, do you see that same thing with your satellite offices? And, and what are things we can do to make that change? Um, it's a great question. And honestly, again, I think it looks different to each office and each individual even. Um, I do feel that here. And it's something that, you know, we're trying to understand more. So I don't have an exact answer because, you know, it's not, uh, it wouldn't be a question, right? Everything would just be perfect. Um, but it's obviously been noted. Um, so it's not specific to us, but it is something I hear Still, um, I haven't found the way to properly connect us all. I mean, I think with the virtual options, like again, we're doing um, a Zoom right now to, to have our conversation. So there's a lot of Zoom options and that's a way to connect everybody. We do try to bring people in um, pre-pandemic for on-site things, holiday parties and um, stuff like that. Uh, during the pandemic, we actually created a social committee. So we do a lot of virtual offerings, but now with things starting to maybe lighten up, hopefully, and with better weather on the way, we're looking to have um, events 
surrounding our outer offices as well, so that maybe people from the headquarters will go to them. So it's not so much even bringing them to us, let's go to them. They have setups, they have local things to do and see. And um, again, just reminding them that our resources are here. So they're here for them too. While obviously they can't go on site and get the mail and you know answer their phones and things like that, we can transfer the calls. We can send you mailing supplies. We can certainly, you know, print from here and mail out on your behalf. Um, you know, dictation can easily be sent digitally. So there's there's support available. And I think sometimes when you're in an outer office, you don't look at that or you don't see that. You don't feel that because it's out of sight, out of mind. So my big thing now is just reminding that, hey even though we're not physically connected, there's ways we could still connect and support you and make sure you're providing the best support you can. Um, I've been trying to actually speak more openly with everybody, all of my staff, um, but especially the outer offices, because when I have spoken with them and they voice their frustration, um, something one of my former bosses actually mentioned to me once was, okay, you've given me a problem, what's the solution? So I kind of try to think of that at times. When people present a problem, okay, what's the solution? They don't have one either. Yep. So yep. it's something I'm still struggling with, and I don't think there's a right answer. But if you find one, please oh, yeah. let yeah. your girl know. Well, it's on podcast, you see. It'll be on its own episode. But yeah, one thing I learned too, that's a great point, is a lot of times, especially if it's employee relations type issues, I'll sit with people who have the issue, and I say, okay, Let's reverse roles. You're me. What would you do in this situation? How would you like to see this handled? And that mm -hmm. kind of puts them in a different perspective to go, you know, right now I'm complaining, I'm upset or whatever, but wait, how would I resolve this? Or really, what, how would I solve the problem? And I think that's a good point for people to understand no matter what your role is, whether it's HR or, or anything else in a firm. So that's a great point. Um, you know, how would you, and I was kind of learning this too, but, you know, let's say when you first got into that law firm, you've had people who have been there, seasoned attorneys, seasoned secretaries, paralegals a while. How does someone in leadership from an admin perspective even um, gain respect of others? What's a good way to do that? Um, again, that, that's very difficult. And um, I don't know if you'll ever get that to the hundred percent you'd like. But um, I think, again, it, it goes back to communication. Um, and here we have staff members that have been here over 30 years, which is wonderful. Um, and yes, I, when I took on this position, I heard a lot of, well, you know, my predecessor, her name was Denise. So they would say, well, Denise would do this. Denise used to do that. And Favorite. when Denise did it, and well. I'm not Denise, I'm going to do things differently. Um, but <laughs> Again, I want to hear what you have to say. I will tell you my opinion, and then hopefully we find a happy, you know, compromise or negotiation of sorts. Um, and just I think putting yourself out there and trying to relate to them, and um, you know, hear them, and let them know that they're being heard. And whether you can do something to please them or not, just hearing them sometimes really helps. And then again. I think my past experience from being, you know, a little bit of everywhere in the law field, I can relate to them. So I understand the frustration of this function, that function, this function, and 
I can pull in my maybe past experience to show them how I've gotten over that hurdle or how I've improved certain areas. And they realize I'm a person too. I've gone through struggles. I don't have all the answers, but I want to work with you to find a, a happy answer. You know, it may not be the best answer or the 100% right answer or final, but let's get there together to find something that works for us both. And I think by showing an interest and having a, a sincere interest, I think that really helps um, gain and earn the respect of others. I think that's great. Very great point. And it brings me to another question I have. Um, mm -hmm. Because you've been in those different roles, you know, from a legal assistant to file clerk to, to office manager, what is something you, you, you think it's important for someone in your role now, director of HR, to know about those positions? Because when I'll, I'll be honest, and I've never been a legal assistant, I've never been a paralegal, so it's always been more difficult for me to um, kind of relate, like you're saying, and understand mm -hmm. their frustrations. I do my best, but without being in that role, I can't do it well. How, what do you think is important, let's say, for someone like me who's never been in that role to understand about those roles? Um, so I think it's a good question. Um, and I, again, not sure how great of an answer I have for you, but I go back to the stance that people are people and should be treated as such. Um, each role or function in any company, but again, we're talking about law firm specific, um, they bring something good and necessary to the table. So again, there, each person has a different communication style. I went to a conference last week, actually, and I was um, learning about the seven communication languages. You know, there's love languages. Well, there's professional communication languages. And I think, so here we are going back to communication again. <laughs> um, I think as long as you openly communicate um, and know who you're communicating with, and you may not always know that to start. You may have never had an interaction with someone. So if you're able to maybe pull in a colleague that you have a close um, a closeness with and ask them their experience with them. And again, don't, don't judge solely based on their experience because again, that's their experience. I wanna have my own. I want everyone to have their own. Um, so regardless of the different functions, they're just people. Um, and that's how I try to relate to them. Um, and again, uh, you, you know who you could be maybe a little bit more open and blunt with, and you know maybe when to mind your P's and Q's with others. Um, and you're not gonna always get it right, and someone could have an off day. Uh, so rather than you know thinking of who, I just focus more, I guess, on the how. Does that make sense? Yeah, go back to the process, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned culture and how law firms try to keep their culture. How important do you think is workplace culture to a company? I think it's extremely important. Um, and again, going back to that conference I, just, I attended last week, it, that's a good point because somebody had mentioned, you know, your culture is not just written. Um, you can say whatever you want in these policies, but it's really in, again, the communication and on the floor. That's what's gonna really represent your culture. Um, so again, you can have great initiatives, you can have great policies, but if they're not being followed and really administered correctly or effectively, you're, it's gonna show in your culture, uh, regardless how you wanna portray yourself. Um, 
the people who are living and breathing it would know it best. So we we try to maintain a good culture. I mean, it's the working world, you know, when you work full time, at least, you're primarily in an office or even if you're working from home, you're so connected um, via technology. So I think you have to still be able to, again, effectively communicate, have fun when you can, but get the work done. Um, and I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kind of rambling on on this one just because, again, culture is it's hard to define. And it's hard to keep. Um, yeah, yeah, especially, you know, we were with a larger firm that kept absorbing other firms and it was they had their own culture they brought into it, you know. And, yeah, that was definitely difficult. Um, and again, that's what I mean. I felt like the culture was different in my office, in my smaller you know, remote location than it was, I'm sure, in the headquarters. I love that office. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was yeah. like a vacation for me. Oh, yeah. And it was so bold. I mean, that was an office that I had. It was like a very unique experience and one I really value and cherish. Um, but once we did have that large merger and again, some administra administrative changes, you felt the culture shift. And okay. unfortunately, it wasn't a good shift. Um, I don't know how the people there in the headquarters or the other, the merging parties felt, but for us, we felt it. And um, again, maybe there could have been different ways that we could have retained our culture or merged the cultures. But um, yeah, when, when you throw a lot in together, I think it can definitely get scrambled. Yeah. Um, and leave some bad taste in people's mouths, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's again another podcast episode on culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, seminars and things you've learned. Um, how important or what role, I guess, does continuing education play in your growth? Things like ALA seminars, any education you receive. Um, it sounds important. How, is it, how has it worked out for you? Oh, yeah. Um, again, I think it's extremely important because again, people are changing, laws are changing, work environments are changing, technology is changing. So you have to stay up to date with it. And again, each person has their own experience. So while you don't want to live another, or you can't live another person's experience, you want to be able to maybe take away what you can from there so that you have a different one or a better one. Um, and I think, again, going back to me um, specifically, I know, um, you are an educator with the ALA, um, the Association for Legal Administrators, and I had attended some HR courses under you. So it was very interesting, um, you know, turning my homework assignments over to my then CEO. Um, but I, I thought that was really great for my growth. Um, I think it was maybe good for our relationship as well. Um, and then from there, again, I, I do attend conferences and seminars, and it's also great for the networking. Again, I met my now COO at a conference. Um, I've joined a board, uh, and I was the secretary there for a full term, and uh, that was that ended last year. So I, I think it's very important for your personal and professional growth, um, for your networking, and obviously the knowledge that comes with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, how about mentors? Do you have any mentors in your life professionally? Um, I think mentors, again, it, it's 
it's really how we look at it. Um, I can say I've had a few. I've never really had anyone say, okay, I'm going to mentor you or set up yeah. mentor and where we knew we were actively in a mentoring type position. But I'd say my um, past boss, as you know, Jen, very wonderful woman. Um, she was a great mentor to me. Again, that phrase, problem solution, uh, let the barking dogs bark or you'll never get on, your, you know, if you're, if you're on the path and you'll never get to your end goal if you stop at every barking dog or whatever it was. I mean, she had some great analogies and we still stay in touch. Um, she also, again, helped me prioritize and delegate and really just worked with me in many, many ways. Again, personally, professionally, I really value her support. Um, so I think she was wonderful. And now my current COO, um, again, whether he realizes it or not, he's essentially a mentor to me. He invests a lot of time with me. I turn to him when I am in doubt, need to vent, um, haven't you know crossed that bridge yet, whatever it may be. And um, he's been a really great resource. Um, and then again, just all those little little things that you don't realize. I mean, my controller. Um, she's wonderful. She's got experience in areas that I don't. So in ways, although it's not a direct mentorship role, we're learning from each other and we, you know, brainstorm, um, bounce things off each other and the takeaways, I feel like I came out of some sort of a mentorship session at times. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what, um, kind of a different question. In the law firm, what do you think is the most important position? Oh, that's not a fun question. No. <laughs> um, I've got some I good answers for this, but I'm just curious what you think. Yeah, I think each role or function is vital to a firm's success. And I'm sure you've heard the saying, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And that's how I like to portray it. Um, I don't think anyone is more important than the other. I mean, obviously, in law firms, the large focus is on the rainmakers, the, you know, the partners, the networkers, the um, associates, because they're bringing in income for us, paralegals, they're bringing in the money to keep us all employed. But without the support staff, and again, that's going down all the way to the mailroom and the file room, um, the receptionist, without them supporting the attorneys and the teams, they're helping, you know, they're helping keep us employed as well. So I really can't answer that one. I'm sorry. Well, you just answered it. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was a great non-answer answer. <laughs> oh, I'm full of them. I can ramble on all day with non-answer answers. <laughs> um, okay. One last thing before we just get into some other just quick questions, but um, anything you wish you knew before you jumped into HR and law firms? Mm, um, in a perfect world, there would be checklists and strict processes in place. Um, and not only that, they'd be easy to navigate, but that's not a reality. Um, so no, I mean, I think for me specifically, um, my knowledge comes you know, from on the job experience, learning as I go. Uh, I'm a very hands-on learner. Um, so there's really nothing I wish I knew other than just to be open to everything. And again, you're not always going to have the right answers and to be okay with that, but to yeah. seek them out. 
Cool. Um, and now, so just some tools for listeners. Where do you, where do you go to stay up to date on HR laws or just information about kind of HR? Um, so for HR, um, I think SHRM, uh, the Society for Human Resource yeah. Management, again, the ALA Association of Legal Administrators, um, those are really invaluable resources to me. Uh, there's another great platform. It's called Mineral. It was formerly Think HR. Okay. All of those are really great for articles, templates, samples. And going back to that last question, uh, especially SHRM, they do have some really great checklists. Um, so I, I like them for my go-to resource. Um, and as far as like the compliance end of HR, um, I, I normally rely on my brokers for that. Um, we have multiple brokers, depending on the different benefits um, or our partner companies, even for our wellness resource. Um, I get those, you know, weekly or daily emails from them. And then as far as just like legal and law firm, um, you know, there's many publications. So I subscribe to them and I get them in my inbox again, daily or weekly. Um, and there's some local listservs. Um, I know you're a member of the Philly ALA listserv, which is essentially, um, localized support groups <laughs> for your field in a way. I mean, if we have a question, we put it out to that listserv and you're bound to get some good responses from people going through the same issues as you. So rather than, again, reading an article or researching, you're getting real feedback from a real individual who's been in that situation or knows someone who has. So there's tons of resources. Perfect. That's great. Well, listen, I enjoyed having you. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? Um, I don't really have anything, you know, large and eye-opening. Um, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to meet with me and, you know, inviting me to be a guest on the podcast. I think this is great what you're doing. And uh, there you go. Maybe if anything I wish I knew before becoming an HR leader was, you know, looking for podcasts like this, having these types of resources available to me, because there really weren't any. So what I think you're doing is great. Um, I'm very excited for it. And I guess a good takeaway I'd like to share is just to encourage anyone who's listening to be your best advocate and always strive for more. Um, and hopefully you'll get what you put in or more. All that. Yeah, 100%. Well, thanks for having us. I definitely want to have you back again and talk more about, you know, processes and procedures, because I'm thinking that's something you're pretty good at and you like to talk about. And I think we can really help people out with that, especially when it comes to checklists, because I believe, especially in HR, checklists are huge because it keeps you from having to keep everything in your head, put it on paper and know if you've missed or haven't missed something. It's great for going back and researching. So I think that's a great topic. And I'd love to have you back if you be willing in the future. Oh, yeah, for sure. And again, yeah, I think that's great. I've been, um, you know, kind of learning as a go and taking the feedback. And again, just because something's in place doesn't mean it's not up for reassessment or revamping or improvements. Um, and having those checklists, it's a really great, okay, I'm filling, you know, I, I'm completing all the proper steps, and you're not leaving anything out. And you can share that with individuals. So that again, the next person who comes in, if God forbid something were to happen to me, they have a guide and they're not scrambling. Nothing's falling through the cracks. Um, although, you know, sometimes mistakes are bound to happen, but the checklists really help alleviate that concern. Um, and I'd be 
definitely more than willing to join you for that processes, efficiencies, or anything else. Awesome. Well, you know, though, if you did leave, everyone would be saying to the new person, well, Brianna did it this way. We liked it like this. So, oh, I can only <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for, for joining us. And uh, let's get back to the rest of your day. I guess we'll All right. We'll take care. Thank you.